Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Shaka, Stevie, Kieran and Frank are here. The guys didn't believe it when I said that you could hold a note yesterday. I didn't. Well, not bad at all, are you? Not it. Yeah, I, I, Gab Marcotti backed it up, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Because he's been to karaoke with you in Madrid. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to, in the realms of Sam talking about my singing performance. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, say you're up there with the Rat Pack and that? That's a <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm still a little bit of disbelief. And I'm going, oh, no. If I was Sam, I'd be like, well, I'm as good as Pavarotti, <laughs> uh, Elvis <laughs> and Frank Sinatra. I'm not saying I'm better than them. I'm not saying I'm better than them, but, but I'm, they, up, they I'm, good, but I'm up there and I'm as good as. OK, first question. For Shaka and Kieran, Stevie is famous for his pre-match diet. What did you eat before and after a game? I'll start with you, Kieran. <laughs> I was a big porridge man. Uh, big porridge guy, for especially for early games. And then if it was evening games, uh, I would just have just pasta, chicken, um, veg... Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy, unfortunately. What was, what, what was Stevie's? The porridge is out. Uh, uh, a midweek game, uh, lunchtime would have uh, fish and chips and beans. <laughs> well, I suppose you took all the areas, <laughs> yeah. right? Protein, carbs, and a lot of fat. There you go, aye. <laughs> chips and beans, and then just uh, toast, toast and jam for, for uh, a little nibble at, uh, around five o'clock. And he's got the longest on his list. <laughs> so, something was working. Um, what would Vega have thought of that before we move on to you, Shaki Kieran? What about fish and chips and beans? Listen. Frank put me off my pre-match meal there. <laughs> He wouldn't have had that banger, would he? No, 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 that wouldn't have gone down. That wouldn't have gone down. It was the first thing he changed when he came to the club. That, that looked like Frank was like, I really want to know the answer to this. <laughs> What's that what, what did you eat, Shaka? Let me see. My, my pre-match meal was always tuna pasta big. My wife still makes it. And every time she makes it, I tell, I say to the kids, this used to be my pre-match. And then they all go, we know, Dad. You tell you us that every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I'm like, every single keep doing it. So that was it. And then after whatever, could be anything. When, when, we, when we used to travel away, and this is especially when we were at Newcastle, coming back home was always fish and chips. Always had to stop at, at some fish and chip shop on the, way, on the way home, load up, curry sauce, everything. It works. It's great. Yeah, those were the days, eh? To all, McAllister yesterday took around 10 seconds before kicking the penalty. Do you remember any teammate who took some time as well before kicking to Shaka? Does this delay the does this delay affect the goalkeeper in any way? So I'll start with you while these guys have a thing. So the only player I can think of who took that long was Paul Pogba, but he was running up the whole time. <laughs> remember, that, remember that run up? Remember Paul Pogba's run? Up? Yeah, <laughs> he took about a thousand little small steps. Um, and but in, in all seriousness, I, I don't remember anybody taking ever taking that long. I will say, though, that Gareth Southgate, um, when he took over with the England national team, and I'm trying to remember if it was after the World Cup, he was talking about their strategy for, penalty, for, for penalties. And one of the things that he was adamant about is take your time. When th this is probably the only time where you are in total control of, the, of, of, of time. The referee blows, 
And ordinarily, as soon as the referee blows, the kicker takes off and, and starts running. And, and he felt that that was because you were so wound up, you know, you were, you, you were so tense about, about the whole situation. And his advice to the players was, take a moment, settle down, you're in control, only go when you're ready. And you saw that, you saw that in all the penalty shootouts, certainly for England under, under Gareth Southgate. Um, so you're starting to see that more, uh, but still, even so, I, I can't remember anybody taking as, as long as, as McAllister did. Um, and yes, it is off-putting to, to, to the goalkeeper because, again, uh, he's in control. And you, as a keeper now, have to stand there, kind of wound up yourself because you're not quite sure when he's going to move. Um, so it does work in the kicker's uh, benefit, I think. Can you remember anyone, Stevie? You know, around? I was thinking about... I always used to laugh because you reminded me of Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders took a penalty in the semi-final FA Cup when, when we beat Portsmouth. And he started his run about five yards outside the penalty box. No. And I just thought it was funny. I mean, he ran as fast as he could to hit the ball. But the more I thought about it, if you think about it, you know, guys that stroll up to it gives the goalie an opportunity to try and figure out his feet and which way he might move his body and all of these kind of things. Whereas a big long run up as fast as you can, the goalie doesn't, the goalie's not going to have time to figure anything out. <laughs> so, yeah, I would, I would say that one for Dean Saunders was the slowest because, just because of the length of the run up like Pogba. Frank, did you take your time? Uh, no, I think uh, the more you take your time, the more you think about, you know, what's going to happen if I miss it. So it's better to run fast, that is what I used to do. Pick a side, it was the old time, you know, penalty uh, shootout, where you don't play with the goalkeeper and you just try to score. But I saw on uh, Instagram, I think it's an uh, Asian player for an Asian team, he was running very slowly, very slowly. I think it took him like 30 seconds to hit the ball. <laughs> that was crazy. I that, that was, I remember that, that was yeah. absolutely crazy. The guy was just going little step, little step, little step for like 30 seconds, Kay. Yeah. It was the longest time ever. He scored. So oh, that's, that's fine. That was the next question. <laughs> because I think, okay. I, think, I think the goalkeeper fell asleep, maybe. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, good tactic. Did anyone stand out to you, Kieran? <laughs> No, I can't remember, but I did. I did see a. I did see a clip the other day of, of the um, penalties in the MLS years ago, in like the nineties, when they used to just take on the keeper from the halfway line. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I think it should be oh, yeah. something like that. But... A bit more fun. A bit more fun. Stevie, how big an addition will uh, Alexis McAllister be to Liverpool's midfield for next season? Absolutely. Quality. <laughs> Step up. Step up on what they have. Um, and he's proven in the Premier League. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what Liverpool need. Uh, somebody who's going to hit the ground running. The Scottish Alexis McAllister. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and he's Scottish, that always helps. <laughs> he's claiming he's Scottish. He is. His father, his father got stuck in Argentina for the 1978 <laughs> World Cup. No. He did. He went over to no. Scotland. No. And, uh, and uh, laid some roots. Absolutely not. Honestly. But we'll, we'll let him have it if it makes him feel better. OK, if Manchester City does win the Champions League final this year, then which of Pep Guardiola's teams would win in a one-game final? This year's Manchester City squad or his 2009 Barcelona side? Easy. Easy? Yeah. 
2009 Barcelona. I, I maintain that's the best club to yeah. Easy. Is that you saying yes as well, Frank? Yes, yes. I think that's one of the biggest, strongest team ever. Uh, and uh, yes, I will, I will follow Shaka in that, uh, in that matter, yeah. Frank, will there be a full-scale clear-out of senior players at PSG this summer? What profile of manager would you entrust to build a club based on young, primarily French players? Well, according to what I saw for more than 10 years at Paris Saint-Germain, I don't know what kind of coach we need to, uh, for Paris Saint-Germain needs to make the team finally works and go all together. Um, and again, it's, the question goes to how the chairman, Mr. El Khalaifi, will behave, in which way he's going to behave to allow the coach to handle the dressing room and, not, and, and no players overtaking him because it's impossible to hold uh, a dressing room if you have somebody uh, who allows stuff that you are denying to the player. So I don't know what the, will be the profile. Um, I think psychologically it will be somebody very strong. We all think that Ancelotti could have done it. And even him, with all the players loving him, he wasn't capable of doing anything for Paris Saint-Germain. So I think that, that guy doesn't exist right now, um, according to the player that they have. If they change some players, if they change many players, and they change maybe the chairman or don't allow him to, to see the players, maybe he can change at that point, and maybe we can see a good coach coming and um, putting Paris Saint-Germain in a good spot for the Champions League. Great hope there for PSG fans listening from what Frank said. How will McKenney's lead stint impact his career? Big fall from Juve. Is there any problems there? No, I think I think most clubs, most scouts, most directors of football know what McKenney's all about. Listen, he, he moved from Schalke to Juve because Schalke were, were just awful and he was one of the better players. And the price was right. At the time, Juve were, were looking for bargains, basically. And so that's how McKenna ended up at UV, not because he was he was outstanding for Schalke. And a similar situation going going to Leeds from UV. You know, he had a good World Cup. Um, the price was right. Uh, Leeds needed help in the middle of the park. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think it will affect his his status in the game. I think I think generally everybody knows what he's all about. So, no, I don't think it will really have any impact on his career. Do you agree, Kieran? Yeah, like, he's, just, he's a consistent performer. So, managers like that. So, he's always going to have... Um, he's, yeah, Stevie's right. His status isn't going to change. Um, he'll, he'll maintain that. I like him. I think he's, I think he's a good player. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to impact his career. Shaka, before a penalty kick, did you look to your goalkeeping coach for guidance or did you know in advance who the opponents would likely choose for their taker and their typical direction? Um, no, no to all of those. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Um, I'll also say it, it was a whole lot harder back then to, to know who, who took penalties and what direction they went. Um, we didn't have access to the internet as you do now. You know, they, they, you just didn't have you just didn't have access to, to that kind of information. Um, 
and, and even so, again, you know maybe one or two of the kickers. Um, three of them hardly ever take penalties to, to, to start with, so you're kind of guessing anyway. It, it was just so. It, it, it was just tougher back then to get the kind of information that goalkeepers and goalkeeper coaches rely on today. Don't hear any stories about that. I remember, I remember Pepe Reina running down to speak to Ike Casillas, I think. It was a World Cup game, maybe 2010, because a player was stepping up who he'd faced in club competition. He was like, he goes this way, he goes this way. But then when a goalie does that, a lot of times a goalie nods his head and goes, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I've seen them do it. Yeah. But you wouldn't, trust your, you wouldn't trust one of your backup goalkeepers on it? <laughs> or do you still just think, it well... It depends who it is. <laughs> There's a reason why they're a backup goalie back. Hey. <laughs> Go on, Frank. You, you know, uh, well, I used to take penalties, and uh, and uh, I think it's uh, kind of a joke, you know, when I hear, you know, the guy coming and say, you know what, that guy hits like 90% on, on his right side or 10% on his left side. I was a penalty taker, and I was really looking at what the goalkeeper was doing, these movements and everything, and I could have changed my my idea in the middle of my run. So, uh, statistics are maybe good, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't, it doesn't help, I think. And uh, Fabian Barthez against Italy in the World Cup in 98, um, during the penalty shootout, the, the goalkeeper came, the goalkeeper, coach goalkeeper came and said, you know what, uh, do you want the list of the players? He leave me alone, you know, leave, leave me with my instincts, you know, it's gonna work. And we won. So um, I don't believe in that. I don't think it serves the goalkeeper. It's really about feelings and how the guy runs, how, uh, how you can play with him when you're a goalkeeper. But it doesn't really work out to, uh, to have a list and statistics for me. All right. Well, that will do it for the latest edition of Extra Time. Thanks so much for sending in your questions. Make sure to join us across the weekend. Very very much to talk about actually. Copa del Rey final, Premier League, lots be with us. Well, thank you very much for watching ESPN on YouTube. For more sports highlights and analysis, be sure to download the ESPN app. And for live streaming, premium content, and let's not forget as well, ESPN FC, seven days a week. Subscribe to ESPN Plus.